Let's begin. Okay, so we're holding a parak base of Igeras Achuva, right? We just got through saying uh, the idea of how um, we don't have today uh, the idea of zvachim. Uh, we don't have we don't have the idea of karbanas that we can use to uh, enable us to, so to speak, to make that uh, connection, to make that uh, better relationship with Hashem. So. The idea here is that the Gemara talks about uh, the concept of fasting. And through the fasting, this is going to somehow going to be able to make that connection better. Why? Because as I said yesterday, because there's a mute, there's a lessening of the fat, which Hasidus explains is the concept of tainu, concept of pleasures in this world, and dam. Dam is the idea of the life force of a person. A person is completely giving of himself. I think we're up to Belachain. Belachain Matsinu Kama Now he's going to bring for the rest of this chapter various examples of how this uh, this was expressed during the times of the Gemara. Right? And for various points. Now it's very interesting that he chooses these in particular. I was thinking about it when I was preparing. Um, why Dafka these choices? So you can take a look also and, and see what you think. Um, you know, he brings various different uh, stories of different Tanaim and Amaraim that uh, wound up fasting for what appears to be non-issues. Right? That's the, that's the common denominator of all of these points. Like, what is the, wh- None of them are dealing with major sins. Yet, we see that they went totally overboard in order to make sure that the relationship with mm-hmm. Hashem was excellent. Yeah. Um, I think he's driving on the point that um, we said yesterday, where these fastings um, and by ex- or the Korbanot and by extent um, the these fastings also aren't part of the tshuva process. The tshuva process for um, these minor sins that the Rebbeim do in the Gemara um, doesn't seem to have such an, doesn't seem to require such a doesn't seem to require such a um, such an a such a so so much fasting, but um, and it's true. And so the reason why all these fasting happens is because the rebbeim who are at such a high level, um, because there was you know some blemish, you have to build that all the way up back up to the top. Right, one hundred percent. The question is why in this order? Why these? Let, let's see if we could look at the different cases and, and see if we could figure it out ourselves. It says like this: Shal that we see by various Tanaim, Amaraim, for something that's very kal, very kal means very light, very not. Hayumisanim, tainis harbimao, they would fast many, many fasts. Yeah? So he starts with the first one. Kumo Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah. Shahayamatish dehe para, yoitsa beritsua shabin karneha bishabis. Right? What happened was like this there's Bichlal in Masech the Shabbos, it talks about. What things you're allowed to go out with, and what things you're not allowed to go out with, right? So it first talks about with the human beings, right? Ourselves, what we're allowed to go out with, what we're not allowed to go out with. Then it talks about, then it talks about even animals. Like, what are they allowed to go out with? Different, various things. So there's a machleik is over there between the chachamim and Rabbi and Azariah. What about a ribbon between the horns of a cow, right? It was there for whatever, for making. Let's just say even for just making it look pretty, right? So Rabbi Elizabeth and Azariah says. It's not a problem. It's not considered a a a, a uh, you know a load for the cow. No issue. The chachamim disagree. Now, what happened was that there was a there was a person, a neighbor of his, that allowed their cow to go out with this ribbon. 
Subsequently, I guess that neighbor knew that Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah's opinion, and Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah did not protest. Afterwards, he felt very bad about the fact that he did not protest. Now, if you look at it at face value, first of all, it's his opinion, right? That it's not an issue. It's a non-issue. No, Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah was one of the major rabbis. I mean, this is like he could have his own opinion. But he's fasting now. Why? Because he he went against what his colleagues had poskined. Right? So according to according to the prevalent psak at that time, this would have been an inappropriate thing to do. So this is the first one that, of the series. Let's look at it in the words. He allowed that there should be a para that went out with a ritzua. A ritzua is like a ribbon, right? Between its horns on Shabbos. The Chachamim say it's not allowed. So what happened was one time the cow of his neighbor went out and he did not protest. And he wound up blackening his teeth, implying... Why? Because he did not listen to, he did not fulfill the words of his, of his colleagues, of his friends. Okay, so here, clearly, first of all, he didn't even do it. It's not even his thing. But he was not Michalo, right? Which is interesting, right? If you remember the first chapter of Tanya, it brings the same case, right? If you remember in, in the different cases that he's bringing... In the first uh, first page of Tanya, right, it brings various cases which would cause him to be a not a tzaddik but a rasha, right? And the one of the ones that he brings over there is even if you have the possibility to protest and you don't protest, right, which is seemingly a not it's, it's not even you doing it, right? It's not you; <laughs> it's someone else doing this, whatever it is, and you, right? You just didn't say anything. No, that's bad. You have to say something. You have to. So this is point number one. Let's try the second one. Now, Rabbi Yeshua ben Hanania was a, one of the great Talmidim of Beis Hill. Okay? And they were in the middle of an argument with Beis Shammai. And he, Pashat, did not understand, like, what the, it didn't make sense to him what they were saying. Over the course of the conversation, he already understood. So what happened was that he went and he... Prostate on all the major rabbanim, prostate on the on the on the, on the I think on the farm of all the major rabbanim of uh, Beishamai and asked for forgiveness. And it says over there, Shahushcharu shina Again, he blackened his teeth because of the of, of the tzaymos, because of all the fasting that he did. Now look at the difference between the first one and the second one. The first one, they both he's going against. The words of, of the other Chachamim, right? But we know that we paskin according to who? Basil. So he's not going here against a Psak, right? And it's not even, it wasn't even a, it was just in the course of a conversation that he said something that was a little bit not uh, respectful, let's put it that way, Right? And over the course of the conversation, you realize that really this was not a respectful thing to say, and uh, and uh, you know obviously he felt very bad. 
Now, this is clearly, apparently not, uh, clearly, uh, clearly and apparently don't go together. Okay, this is apparently, let's put it that way, not even, not even uh, an iota of a sin here. He's having a, uh, a, a, a conversation with his Chabrusa, let's say. And the Chabrusa says red, and he says blue. And he tells the Chabrusa, that doesn't make any sense what you're saying with red. What, what, what's the Avera? What's the issue? There's no issue here. So going back to what Max said, obviously these people, these Rabbanim, were on such a high level that they had to, they wanted to, any little drop of an iota of a, of a, of a, almost a non-thing was already taking away from their connection to the Abishter. Now listen to the third one. He goes like this. V'ravuna pa'am achas nishapcha lo retzua shal tefillin the case of Ravuna, right? It's a case in Mayer Cotton, where one time his Ritua of Tefillin wound up turning over, so the black side wasn't showing, right? And he wound up fasting 40 fasts for this. Now, here, this was something that was not even intentional. In other words, Ravuna was not trying to put on his Tefillin Right, in order to that he should dafka wear it with the with the white side forward, obviously not. It happened when he put on his tefillin, whatever the, the the strap exactly what turned. What kind of a veir is that? First of all, it's totally unintentional, and second of all, it's not. It's a non-issue. It's a, it's a really a non-issue here. So you see how he went from non-issue to non-issue to non-issue, like making it less and less and less and less each time. Just like we see in various places throughout Tanya. When he, tries to, when he brings an example, very often, he'll bring an example of one point, and then he makes the example even more extreme, and then he makes the example even more extreme. Right? Like he says, like, like we mentioned before, on the first chapter of Tanya, the first page, he talks about this, that a person is not a, right, if he does an obey or he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't do tshuva, and, and all the different things. He brings, you know, different uh, levels. And then he fi- finally ends up with Bittal Torah over there, Mitzvah Sase, right? But the point here is what? The point here is that here is, it's not even something that he did on purpose. Nothing here is on purpose on this last point. So he went from something that, okay, he didn't, he didn't do something. Okay, he wasn't Micha. He didn't protest. Okay, Enachinami. Okay, so you could say, first of all, you know, okay, so here it's maybe that that was the sock of that time. And he should have been protesting. Okay? But it was his opinion, and, and, and it wasn't even him. It was someone else. Go to the second point, where he's in the middle of a conversation with his Chavrusas, with the, with the, within the yeshiva. Go to the third point that he clearly, it wasn't, it was completely unintentional and completely, it's not a sin bichlal. You see how he went from extreme to extreme, even further extreme. So nevertheless, we see that in each point here that it was worth it for him to fast in order that to make sure that the relationship is, is, is there's nothing tarnished in the relationship. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, it seems to me like a, a similar um, trade in all of these is not that like you Dafka did something bad, but it's you lost out on an opportunity to improve the relationship. Was that an opportunity to improve? Why? Um, so with the first um, one, he lost out on the opportunity to um, you know bring a Jew closer to Hashem and his Torah, and the, the specifically Shabbos. 
Um, with the second one, he lost out on the opportunity to be Kaim Beahavtalurakakamoka. And with the third one, he lost out on, you know, even a moment of, of wearing filling properly. Yeah, that's excellent. Very, very good. And so in order to... In order, and, and so previously in the Tanya, the, the Alter Rebbe says that every single moment of a mitzvah is, has a unique... Um, has a unique ID to it, mm. and there's no make, there's no making it up. You can do the same mitzvah the next day, but it won't be the same as the mitzvah you could have done today. Very good. And Very so good. the same way where he's missing out on all three of these opportunities to do mitzvah, he needs to find a way to to make up for it. Right. Very good. Very good. But like I was saying, the point being, however, that they're they're non-issues. They're not even a mitzvah. It's not. It's it's a non-issue. It's it's all part of the regular course of things, the way it should be. That's that's the idea here. And nevertheless. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to mess up the relationship. So this just shows you, gives you an example, right? Because we know that that it's not only our relationship with Hashem, but it's a relationship with other people also that we're talking about here, right? So we see how important it is that that little nothings, the things that we look at as though it's a non-issue, right? But how how dear it has to be. And on this basis, the Arizal taught his Talmidim. Yeah, what does it mean, Shali? You see where we are? You with us? What does it mean? He gave the number for different sins that if you make, you do those things, you do a certain amount of fast. Even though these are things that don't have chorus with them, they don't have misabidesha mayim, none of these points. So, presumably, let's uh, let's get on with it. He says no. Kamog al kaas, right? Kuf nun aleph tainus. Why kuf nun aleph? Kuf nun aleph is kaas spells uh, is a gematria of one fifty plus the word itself is one, so it's one fifty one. And even in Isra de Rabbanan, Kamostam Yainim, Isana Ayin Gimel, Tainus, that even for Stam Yainim, that for Stam drinking the wine, that is inappropriate for him to drink. Right? 73. And also a bittel of mitzvahs asay the rabbanan. Come out tefillas, yisaneh, like davening, sixty-one tainus. Right. The bottom line is that the power of of the of the fasting, right, is being brought in order to be able to do what? In order to make oneself acceptable in front of a abister. That's the idea here. And in general, the secret of fasting is that it's a segula nifla. What's a segula nifla? A wondrous catalyst, yeah? To reveal the will of the Eibishter. Just like a korban. That we see with the with the korban, we see that it says, Yeah? So now, even though it's not really bekesha to the chait, right? In other words, what does fasting have to do with doing the sin, right? When a person does a sin, what happens is that at the end of the day, he becomes not acceptable to the Eibishter. That's what we've been saying. 
So what happens is that through the fasting, he's trying to arouse this new chiddush, this new rotson of the Eibishter, right? And that's it. That's that's like the idea of how to make the relationship better. And he brings a proof here. It's a raya. You say that this is called a fast day, which is a day of rotson of Hashem. He's asking in like a sarcastic way. So that implies that a tzom day, a day of fasting, is a day of rotson. And that's the, I, that's the idea of what he's saying here. Now, Perig Gimel, Perig Beis is a very fast Perig, brought the idea, explained to us what the point of the fasting is, explained to us how we see it in history, fasting, and where it was, what what's its uses, and now he he's going to conclude in Parak Gimel this idea again in a very short Parak, right? Before he gets into the meat of of Hachuva, which begins in Parak Dalit. Okay, he has to conclude this idea of the Tzaymas. So now we have it clear. We have what what is the union of Tshuva? What is the idea of Tzaymas? So now we have one last point, one last Nikuda to hit with the Tzaymas, and then we can get into uh, we can get into more of the uh, the, like I said, the meat of the of the of the book. So he says like this: Vehine paragimel from the beginning. Vehine chachmei amusar achreinim. So the chachmei of the musar, the later day chachmei amusar nechalku b'mi shechata chet echad pamim rabos. What's their problem, Shali? See where it is? No, what's their issue? No, Uriel. Who wants it? Who wants it? What's going on here? Come on, guys, guys. Get what? Yes. Yeah, so what's their issue? What do you think their issue is going to be? No, we're dealing with tzomasa. We're still dealing with fasting. Oh, that's our question. So let's say he did sin X one time. Okay, so for that one time, he has to fast how many times? A hundred times, let's say. But let's say he did sin X 25 times. So now what? Does he have to fast 2,500 times? Or does he have to fast 100 times? And that's 100 times is going to cover for all the times that he does this sin. So that's our question here. So he says like this. Right? Which means what? Which means what? Yeah. That's a fast for each time. So he did it 25 times, 100 fast per time, 2,500 fast for you. How do you even do that? 2,500 fast. Right? 2,500 like fast. They're, they're all based on the, uh, the gematria of the words. Not all of them, but that's, that's basically what you could figure it out with the gematria, which is an interesting idea. Um, what I want to tell you, there's a story with the Rebbe Marash. There was a chassid that, as, as the Friedrich Rebbe describes him, he, he was not a, um, not the most uh, edel, canadal. He was not the most edel person. He was not the most, uh, you know, refined uh, individual. And he decided, you know, he really wants to make a change in himself. He wants to really become a different per- type of person. So he went into the Ramaraj and he asked him for a way to become the person that he wants to be. So 
the Rebbe Rash said, told him that he has to fast 400 consecutive times, 400 consecutive days. So the Chaz said, like, jaw dropped. Like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? It's like, it's even against the Torah, you know, to fast 400 consecutive times. You can't fast on Shabbos. You can't fast on Yantif. You can't fast, like, like what? Like, what does that mean, like, Bichlal? So the Reb Marash looked at him and he saw that he was uh, bewildered by this uh, by this uh, tikkun, and so the Reb Marash said, "You're you're making a mistake. Fasting, what you're thinking about is just losing weight. What I'm talking about is to do a introspection, to look at yourself, and to see in yourself, like where." are you holding what is your what where are you coming from what what is it all about what are you how much are you just into it for yourself like your life how much are you just thinking about yourself or about your own pride about your own error about your own what's good for you what you're what you need i want all that kind of stuff that comes from the ego and comes from just in it for one's being own being and look again and see what is it that hashem wants from you what is it that you're needed for? You have to make that shift in gears. So the Friedrich Rebbe describes that after that, he was like, after, you know, like two years later he saw him, and he was like a completely different person. Right? That was, that was the idea of fasting in those days. We're going to see. We're going to mention a lot of fasts here. We're going to mention different ways of discussing it. And in the end... It's, not, it's more than escapia. It's spending every day 10, 15 minutes and looking at yourself and seeing where you can be a better person, how you can be a better person. Not because I want to be a better person so that way I could be, uh, you know, uh, win more money or that I could be, uh, you know, everyone can bow down to me. Be a better person in terms of really the way, the way Hasidus explains to be a better person. So this is the idea here. So this is what this is what, what what is being discussed now. Here we're talking about literally fasting because that's what that's what they talked about in these books. We're going to see at the end of the chapter that the Rebbe, even the, during the Alter Rebbe's time, he's going to say that it's not really, uh, you know, shayach to us to fast this many times. So instead, the way to deal with it is by is by is money, right? And then the Rebbe, of course, we know that the Rebbe was very against us fasting. And he was very into the idea of, of, of uh, giving extra tzedakah in order to, uh, to clarify things. But right now we're holding by fasting. Let's see. But I think it's something interesting because that's something that every individual can do. He just has to have the will to want to do it. Right? It's not something that's particularly uh, physically hard, but mentally it's something that he has to decide that that's something that he wants to change. To be able to decide, like every day, that I'm going to spend my day, like really spend time every single day, figuring out how I could be a, the better person. What the, what am I doing that's wrong? What is arrogant? What is egocentric? What is you know, and what is other centric? What is God centric? What is you know, and look at a person's life and look at where his motives are really coming from, and to see if he could fix them, see if he could change them. That's something that anyone could do at any time. Right, but it takes a lot of willpower to decide that that's something that he really wants to do with his life, which most people are not. You know, they're sort of like in status quo mode. Challenge, I guess. Try. There's a challenge for our class for the next seven days to do it. Actually, you have to do it more than seven days because we're not going to have class. Oh, we'll have seven. Whatever, seven days, eight days till after Shavuos. 
to do it every day. Spend 10 minutes thinking about this idea and, and, and like developing it in yourself see, and see how, you, see how it works within you. Anyway, so he says like this. So one opinion is that you need to fast for the amount of times that you, that you did the sin. For example, right, is the idea is the uh, shedding seed, which is a whole conversation that this is discussing throughout uh, the uh, thread that's going through the entire Igeras um, Tshuva. Right? So he says like this, that the number of fasts that are needed for this as it explains by the Arizal, hein pei dalatainus. It's 84 fasts. It's like as much as getting angry. It's less than getting angry. Interesting. Ve'im chata bezeh eser or asara pamim al derech mashal. So let's say a person made the mistake of doing this 10 or 20 times, he says. Right? Tzarech lehisanus eser or esrim pamim pei dalat. Right? And... Therefore, a person would have to fast 10 or 20 times 84. And that's the way it is continuously. So this is, so we have to understand where are you getting this from? There has to be some sort of precedent from where this comes from. So the precedent here is like a korban chatas. What's a korban chatas? When do you bring a korban chatas? Unintentionally, right? That you do something, or not unintentionally, but completely. But yeah, you do something, right? Like what we had, we were learning Gemara Shabbos this year, right? Bishogi, that you did it, you didn't made a mistake, you, you didn't mean to do it, and therefore you bring a korban chatas. So what does it explain over there by the korban chatas? Every single time you did something unintentionally, you bring a korban chatas for that. So that would be the, if that's the precedent for what we're talking about in terms of the fasting, so then every single time that a person made this mistake, he should bring a korban chatas, i.e., in this case, it would be an, the next 84 fast for it. But if that's right? the case, then this, this sin is What? This sin is midoraisa. Which sin? Shedding Yeah, but that, right, so. Yeah, I, but I it's, not a chat, it's not a chat, it's not a, literally a chatas. We're just trying to understand what's the precedent. But let's, let's read a little further. Shechayib l'avi al kol pa'am v'ch pa'am. In which case, you have to bring it for every time. V'yeish midamin inyan zeh korban oila. However, there's another possibility. What's the other possibility? That this is compared to korban oila. When do you bring a korban oila? Habal mitzvah zaseh. Right? That's a mitzvah zaseh. Right? That, that a person didn't do that he could have done. Right? And so therefore, what? That even if he didn't do several different positive commandments, right? Nevertheless, you still bring only one korban oila. So now this is the question. So the question here is, what are we comparing it to? Right? There's either precedent that this is an Euler offering, right? In which case, right, because, which makes sense, because the bottom line is that you're trying to improve the relationship. That's basic, we already described. Tshuva is already, you stop doing it. That's already done. The Tshuva part is done. What we've been talking about is Parag base and Parag Gimel is one Nakuda. What's the Nakuda? The Nakuda is how do I make the relationship better? Different idea. That's an Ayla. So that's what it should be for. Right? So that's possibility number one. Or possibility number two is no, it's like a Khatas. Every single time you made this mistake, you have to do it. 
So the the answer that is generally uh, accepted, right over here is lehisanos gimel pamin kafi mispar hatzaymas dechata So he says like this that you should fast three uh, courses of fasting for, in general, and that'll cover everything. That's what's been decided, right? In Brisoilam, on, on the Sefer Hasidim, right, he brings this idea. Also, Shachlavatan, the Nodabi Yehuda, brings this idea, right, that, that fast three times, three sets, let's put it that way. So, in this case, for, uh, for Zer Levatala, so you'd have 84 times three, right? Lisan is Gimel Pami Kvim Mispar Tsaimas, so that Dainu Rechnon Beis Tsaimas. So that would be 252 fasts. And that's the way it would be for all other fa- all the other things that you do wrong also. So usually when people read this part of the Tanya, they basically say, okay, so you know, it looks like between all the different things that I've done wrong in my life, it doesn't look like I'm going to be eating anytime, uh, anytime soon, <laughs> you know, for the next 25 years, you know, whatever, all the different things. I mean, think about that. If it just zera uh, levatala, right? Two hundred and fifty-two fasts means it's two. It's it's more than two thirds of a year. You're fasting for. How about that? Well, that's something else, right? Ah, no, that's not what it means. <laughs> okay, but he's gonna play with this a little bit. But you guys, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this, right? And so, um, so he says. So this is this is basically the accepted version. Vatamhu, but and the reason for this is Alpi Mashikasa Bizayra Kaidish so parashas nayach. You know, let's let's stop here. I did enough for today. We'll continue Mitzhashem uh Mitzhashem tomorrow. We'll try to um we'll try to